Well, all right, all right, all right. Hi, everybody. It's episode 32 of the Tata Cancer Podcast. That was my um, bad and kind of creepy Matthew McConaughey impersonation. Did you like it? Um, I am in a silly mood, um, a playful mood. Maybe a playful, playful is a better word. Because today we are going to talk about something that I know gives a lot of people anxiety, but I want to bring a playful spirit to it because that is how I have fun and how I beat the anxiety of dating after breast cancer. Um, I have done a couple workshops recently regarding sex and connection and dating comes up especially in the young breast cancer community um, or, you know, any breast cancer community. Because you know what? We don't stop dating just because we are getting older. (laughs) Um, Or I hope we aren't. I'm not. And I wanted to address that there are a lot of questions. and I've met a lot of survivors who have a lot of fear around getting back out there. So I wanted to do an episode of just my top tips and some tales from the field, if you will, about dating after breast cancer. And uh, yeah, so I don't know um, what else. I mean, I'm probably going to give you the regular update that I give you within the episode. So yeah, just super busy. Life is... Life is crazy right now. I'm really having to lean into my self-care and my boundaries, which is something that I feel like all cancer survivors become very familiar with, or at least you hear that you learn a little bit about taking care of boundaries and um, enforcing them more. Sometimes that is a gift that the chronic illness gives you. You just have to kind of say no sometimes. And then you learn, oh, that wasn't that hard. And it actually helped a lot. So I thought about doing this episode with like a bottle of wine and me, but I've decided against that. And um, I am drinking, but in the spirit of passion and sensuality, I am uh, drinking this passion fruit LaCroix. And a special treat on the episode today is sound effects. Although that was actually a real can of passion fruit LaCroix being opened. You're welcome. I know production value is really going up. (laughs) Anyway, uh, let's let's just jump into this. Hello and welcome to the Tata Cancer Podcast, where we will discuss the physical and mental elements of healing from a breast cancer diagnosis. My name is Junie Boucher. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner and a breast cancer survivor. When you're diagnosed with breast cancer, you're forced to make life-changing decisions with so much information that's really hard to sift through. My intention is to help provide you with the information you need to make a decision that's going to align your body, mind, and heart so that you can live your best life going forward. I'm gonna be your new breast friend. Okay, let's do this. The information contained in this podcast is for educational purposes only and should not be considered medical advice. Please always consult with your doctor for any of your medical needs. All right, 
So yeah, this is a big topic and I do want to start the episode off by just the disclaimer of I am not a sex coach. I am not a dating coach. I work with a lot of great sex coaches. If you need one, I can refer you to some fantastic ones. But I am really going to be talking from the perspective of someone who bit the bullet and is doing the thing and is perhaps been in your shoes or can relate to what you are going through. Uh, I will also speak from the perspective of a meditation and mindfulness teacher who really believes in the power of using these types of tools, self-care tools, to overcome anxiety and negative self-thoughts. I am super passionate about women reclaiming their sexuality and their love lives after breast cancer because... Well, and, and again, uh, the other disclaimer is I am going to be speaking from the perspective of a cisgender female heterosexual, but I do truly feel that this information and advice can apply to anybody of any gender and of any sexual orientation. So I hope you will not feel alienated by the language that I'm using and just know that I think this is universal stuff to be completely honest with you because everybody I know, whether they are gay, straight, trans, questioning, bi, is having some stuff with dating. It's it's not the easiest time. And I truly believe part of that is due to lockdown, a little bit of we have a lot of trauma around the pandemic and it's coming out in our relationships and, and in dating. Um, I also think that the cumulative effects of being on the apps has an effect on us. We are overwhelmed with choices and uh, it's very easy when something gets a little bit difficult to or someone doesn't check off all of the boxes on your list to say thank you next and i uh i don't think that's necessarily a good thing um that's just my opinion it could work for a lot of people but it's also i think makes people a lot less inclined to put effort into something that could be really great and i think i'm guilty of this on from both sides I feel like there are people that messed up a good thing because there was another shiny object. Um, that's just my opinion. But I also know that I've done the same thing. So yeah, we we are in a very strange world right now. But in terms of breast cancer, you know, it it takes if you are a woman who kind of leans into femininity in the traditional sense. Breast cancer literally takes away a lot of those things. Your hair, your eyebrows, your eyelashes, your breasts. Um, so much, so much. Your fingernails, your toenails. There are so many things that get taken away. And a lot of people who are in relationship during the cancer journey, that's a struggle too. Especially if you your dynamic changes. You go from being partners to being someone who is living with illness and someone who is a caretaker that can really change a relationship dynamic. And then how do you find your way back? There's actually a really great episode that you should check out. I will put a link in the show notes with my friend, 
Jen and Darren, and they are a couple that both went through cancer. And uh, they talk a lot about how they got through their marriage, how their their marriage is thriving and, you know, very honest stuff. I was not married. I was in a great relationship. I feel very lucky, but it definitely, yeah, there was a dynamic change. And um, then I became single and uh, had a lot of, it did take me a while to get up the courage to start dating again. Maybe not a ton of time compared to other people, but it, it did take a while. And I guess that's my first piece of advice and tip for people is, you know, you get to choose the timeline. Nobody gets to tell you when you're ready, when you need to get back out there. That's really up to you. But I will tell you, if you are waiting for that moment, when you feel incredible and so confident and just there's not going to be any discomfort or anxiety involved, you will be waiting forever. This, just like so many other things in life, dating, it's it's uncomfortable. <laughs> I mean, you are essentially going on a small interview with somebody and especially with the dating apps. It's not even, it doesn't feel organic in the same way. You don't get set up with somebody or you don't happen to vibe with somebody that you meet randomly or develop a friendship with somebody that you were working with for three years and then all of a sudden you realize that you have feelings for each other or something like that. That doesn't happen quite as much. I mean, it can still happen, thankfully, but most people these days, at least people I know, are meeting people on the apps. And there are benefits to both of those things. When you meet people on the apps, a lot of things come out quickly. You typically know how they feel about having children, if they have children, what their political affiliation is, what their religious or spiritual beliefs are, what some of their deal breakers are, depending on how intensely they populate their profile. You can see what their interests are. So there's a lot of these things that we had to work out previously and kind of figure out organically, um, just sort of coasting on chemistry and then letting all this other stuff unfold on its own. We flipped it with the apps. Now we know all these things that can help us assess our potential um, compatibility, sorry, with somebody, but it doesn't allow us to assess the chemistry until you're really in front of that other person. So there are negatives and positives. Another thing to consider about timelines, you know, make sure that you're taking care of yourself Dating can take a lot of energy. Do you have the bandwidth to expel that kind of energy right now? Are you creating self-care in other areas of your life and boundaries in other areas of your life that enables you to put the time that you need to put into a potential relationship or dating? It, it can be exhausting, especially if you're going on a lot of first dates, which I highly recommend, you know, date a variety of people. But again, that's a totally personal choice. Um, but it's a lot of energy. I know for me, I get <laughs> kind of anxious, excited. And that first date is always, you know, 
really intense for me as I'm walking up to the venue or whatever. So just know that it's going to require physical, mental, and emotional energy. Do you have that energy right now? If you don't, that's okay. You can wait. You might have to push a little bit at some point if you want to, you know, if you're just really feeling like you want to prioritize connection over other things, which is also a completely valid choice. Um, But it's just, that's a reality. It takes energy. Okay. Second tip, use apps to your advantage. So as I talked about in that last little piece there. The advantage of using an app is just kind of knowing what someone is into, what they're about. You can read, or I feel like I can read some basic sensitivity and emotional intelligence on a person's profile. I will say a lot of people that I have dated are not particularly good texters, which is not necessarily indicative of how you will feel around them once you actually meet. So I try to kind of take that with a grain of salt at first. I personally like people who are good conversationalists in written word and spoken word, but I have also met incredible people who aren't particularly strong in that area, but are fantastic in real life. So it's fine. No big deal. One of the things though I do like about the apps is you have a boundary already in place. This person doesn't have your phone number and vice versa. You can cut off from them at any time and of course be kind about it. But at the end of the day, if you're not feeling comfortable or you're offended or you're feeling unsafe or really you just don't want to have that connection anymore, you can do whatever you want. You don't owe anybody anything. Um, Again, common courtesy rules hopefully apply. I really try not to ghost people, but also you don't have to give somebody a thousand reasons why you have decided to no longer talk to them. (laughs) And they don't have to give you those reasons either. And in fact, it might be cruel if you do over explain. If you're not interested in somebody, cut it off. Thank them for communicating with you or be genuine about something you appreciated about the interaction if there is something and, you know, politely go your separate ways. But I like another thing I really like about the apps because for me, you know, if you haven't listened to the show before, just a little bit of background on me, I had a unilateral mastectomy with an immediate reconstruction. So I do have a reconstructed breast, but I also have a natural breast. I did not have surgery on the natural breast, a matching surgery, which was recommended by my plastic surgeon. Um, Even though I had set that up, I even had like a surgery date. I canceled it because I said, you know, I just don't want to, I don't want to mess with this. My surgeon literally said to me, you're training symmetry for scars. That's you know, they try this. This was a very blunt surgeon. She wasn't trying to foster any fantasies in my head or expectations about what to expect from that type of surgery. So I realized, you know, I don't really think that's a fair trade to me. I don't really want to mess with things. I'd rather just be as is and not mess with any nerves, not have more scars. Let's just. Yeah, so I have asymmetry and 
two very different breasts, really. I was able to keep my own nipple and I had a skin sparing mastectomy with immediate reconstruction. So that, but the thing that a lot of people don't realize is when you have an immediate reconstruction, it is literally your skin, um, potentially a piece of mesh, which for me was cadaver skin, which means somebody else's like a flesh from someone else. Ooh, I just thought about that. I have not really thought about that. Um, yeah, I have somebody else's skin in me. And then um, that is over an implant. So there's no natural breast tissue to conceal lumps and wrinkles and stuff like that. And it's a very, very perky <laughs> because it's just kind of an implant. And the other breast, I am a 45-year-old woman. I will say I was very happy. I did not mind, and I was certainly not mad at it when my surgeon said multiple times how my breasts were quite perky for my age, my natural breasts. And I was like, okay, yeah, you can say that again. <laughs> but, um, I mean, they're not, they're definitely not 20-year-old breasts. They are, uh, they are definitely middle-aged breasts now, but yeah, well, one of them is. <laughs> and, uh, anyway, but for me, one of the things that I really like to get out of the way and I use the app to my advantage in this scenario was for, I would say many of my interactions, at least early on with, with potential dates, I told them as soon as I felt comfortable that I was a cancer survivor, breast cancer, and that I had a single mastectomy and that my breasts were different. Um, I have since kind of progressed. I almost always tell people that bit of my history very early on because it's a big part of my life and it's a big part of my work. Um, what I like about being able to tell them about my breasts before I'm actually in front of them is that if you write it to them, you don't have to deal with their immediate reaction. Um, I've heard a lot of survivors say, oh yeah, I tell them and then you get the look. So I get that. And that was part of, for me, I didn't want to end up in a scenario where maybe a date's going really great and some clothes come off and uh, I surprised them because I didn't tell them. That to me sounded like a nightmare. So I was like, I'm just going to get this out there quick. And even if I don't know that clothes are going to come off, I kind of get that out there quick um, just to just to get it out of the way. And I will tell you, in the majority of cases with me, I have had very positive reactions. I think in America, at least, cancer isn't looked at as something that's super stigmatized. And I feel like a lot of people commend you for getting through something like that, um, are very compassionate about it. And I have never had anyone say anything terrible. I have had some people say things, say kind of 
off-putting things um, throughout a first date. And we can talk about that um, just because I do want to be honest with you. I have had a few experiences where I was like, ah, oh, that was, whew. But I will say the overwhelming majority of individuals that I've shared this information with have been incredibly wonderful. And here's the deal. If you do encounter somebody who is less than wonderful, well, there you go. Don't date that person. They're, you know, don't date them. <laughs> Made it easy on you. Um, some of my favorite, some of my favorite reactions to that, uh, to telling people this information, you know, usually the guy has said, oh, I, you know, I was curious about that. Thank you for sharing that. And, um, you know, you're, I think you're a beautiful person in or out of clothes. I'm sure you're, I will be attracted to you either way. And, uh, yeah, I thought that was, that was a really wonderful response. I think he actually even said it even nicer. Um, but that's just me paraphrasing. I've had men that I dated for a while who, told me they actually loved that about me, <laughs> that that was something that they really liked, which, I, yeah, that guy, we're still friends. He's kind of a weirdo. He would totally not be ashamed to be like, yeah, I don't know. It was kind of hot. <laughs> there was like two different breasts and I liked it. Um, I have heard, I have not encountered this, but I have heard about men fetishizing things like this, you know, or I guess anybody could fetishize. It doesn't have to be a man. Um, anybody can fetishize anything. So know that there are people out there that are into it. I also will say, um, in general, from what I have encountered, men just like to see a naked woman. Um, I think anybody that cares about you is going to be stoked to be naked with you if you guys are both into it and feeling it in the moment. One of the uh, other things that comes with all of this is it creates a real need for open and honest communication. If you have experienced a mastectomy, then you know that you don't typically have feeling in that area of the body. Obviously, the breasts are typically an erogenous zone for most people, men and women. So when you lose that erogenous zone, you are likely going to have to communicate differently with your partner about what you like. For me personally, that area being touched can be a little bit unpleasant. It feels odd. It's numb, but I can feel some sensation and it's it's not a great feeling. So I don't typically like that area to be touched. So I have to tell people that and that's fine. I do feel like it may have heightened the other side though, which is kind of cool. Um, I've also had to explore other erogenous zones. And hey, at the end of the day, that's kind of fun. Like let's broaden our horizons, people. And I know that at first, if you're not used to it, communicating your your wants and needs and how you like to be touched, um, I know that can be difficult for some people, but I want to tell you it is an opportunity. And the more you can tell your partner openly and honestly, specifically about what you want, 
the better your sex is going to be, right? We can't read each other's minds. We are not simple creatures. And once you learn those things about a partner, you can just keep moving beyond, you know, where you're at. And that I think is a very beautiful thing. So some of the apps I'm on hinge. I like hinge. Um, you can do video messages or you can do video chats. You can do a video prompt. So if you are kind of feeling self-conscious about how you're looking, I know for me, it's like, do I look the way that I look in my photos? So I did a video prompt because I'm like, I want you to really have a sense of what I look like. There are what I hear overwhelmingly from heterosexual men is that a lot of women use filters on the apps. Super tempting to do, but not a realistic representation of what you look like. So take advantage of things like that. Um, You know, read people's body language. Is this person sensitive? Do you feel safe with this person? Are you comfortable with this person? And then you get to decide when you reveal that information to them. Um, I just personally have found that sooner than later (laughs) is uh, works for me. Yeah. Um, finding support is great. So I have single friends. I don't have a ton of single friends, but the single friends that I do have, we love to just rely on each other for advice, for support, for laughter. And uh, it's been amazing. I have some friendships that have really deepened because we've both ventured on dating journeys. And I don't have any breast cancer survivor friends who are single. So I don't get to talk to a lot of other breast cancer survivors who are dealing with this kind of thing. But it's okay because what I have actually realized is that we're all dealing with the same kinds of things. You know, once you get over that hump of like, okay, this is my deal. This is a part of my past. Everybody's got stuff. And everybody's got body hangups for the most part. Um, Yeah, we're all kind of dealing with the same thing. So it's been helpful for me to just hear tales from those who are not dealing with the same insecurities and then realize, oh, that insecurity for them kind of has a similar impact. Or, um, you know, this is how they overcame that. Or this is some weird behavior that they're dealing with that isn't just this person freaking out because they think I am repulsive. <laughs> there, is, there is some terrible behavior out there. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. But there is also, there are also a lot of lovely people. I have made friends on apps. Um, I have fallen for people. I've had people fall for me. Sometimes it happens at the same time. Sometimes it doesn't. And that's just how love is. But every person that you connect with is, I don't know, just an adventure and an opportunity. And I think it's super beautiful. Um, I... Also, let's see what else. Feeling good is a wonderful setup for dating. I really 
threw myself into a great diet. I was exercising a lot. I was meditating a lot. I was making sure I was taking care of myself, getting sleep. I got a nice haircut. I got my nails done. Um, or I did my nails when I didn't want to spend the money on it. And, you know, I ha- I got some cute outfits. You can get, if you don't have the cash to spend on it right now, borrow something. But find something that you're going to feel good in when you go on a date. It really makes a huge difference. And for me, what I've learned is I like to go on a first date. I make exceptions occasionally, but I really like to show up on a first date in a dress and heels. And that makes me feel sexy. It makes me feel confident. And it makes me feel like I'm showing up for that person in a way that says, hey, I care about making a good impression on you. So that might not be your style. And if it's not, totally okay. But that really helps me feel confident. And that's another thing since I beat cancer that I've really leaned into is fashion again, um, things that make me feel good in my body and feminine. I don't wear heels all the time. I am definitely not that person, but I love it. I like to get dressed up and go out. I feel really good when I do that. And that's not how I have always been. So find out what it is that makes you feel good. See if you can take good care of yourself. So you're in a good place to have the right boundaries and show up for yourself and ask for the things that you want. When you feel good in your body, that's really helpful. If you want help with that and creating a holistic nutrition, movement, and stress management plan, I'm your girl. Call me up. We can work on that. But you know, also, you know a lot of your own healthy habits. Lean into those things. That will give you more confidence in all aspects of your life, including dating. But also just remember, have fun. Love can be really fun. And if you look at it as a playful adventure of an opportunity to share connection with another person, and not have any expectations going into it and not create a huge story around what happens. Because the truth of the matter is, especially in those first few dates, there's only so much of this other person that we are really encountering. A lot of it is our own projections. So I love to give people multiple chances um, to kind of explore a dynamic, see different sides of them before I decide if somebody is a good fit for me or not. Obviously, there are a few things that can happen. Like, for instance, the <laughs> gentleman who uh, I had a date with who seemed great in our interactions for the multiple weeks that we talked on the app, and then he kept talking about my titty cancer, which I said, oh yeah, hey, I get that you have a really sarcastic kind of dry sense of humor, but that's actually a super, super um, offensive thing to say to a breast cancer survivor or really anybody. And he was like, oh, 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 I was just joking. I was just joking. I'm like, yeah, no, I know. Um, I'm not joking actually though about the offensive part. And he kept saying it. (laughs) 
<laughs> and yeah, needless to say, we did not have a second date. I did not give that guy multiple chances, even though he maybe was just super anxious and went home and was like, what in the F just happened? Why did I say that? Because there have been a few times when I've been like, whoa, I said something really weird on that date. That is another tale from the field. Again, that was probably one of the most mortifying experiences that I've had. And I'm not going to be honest with you. I haven't gone on like a crazy amount of dates, but I've gone on a good handful of dates with, um, I think I dated, and I mean, granted, like these weren't all people that I had relationships with, but I think I had like 11 or 12 first dates last year. Many of them led to second or third dates or beyond. Um, but there were some that did not. And that was one of them. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think I have seen this look that people talk about. And I have noticed also that if you talk about breast cancer on a date, I think just subconsciously a person's eyes will wander to your breasts. I have experienced that quite a bit. Um, I don't typically wear a lot of cleavage bearing clothes anymore, but yeah, you'll notice like a glance. And I think it's, I honestly think it's really hard for somebody not to do that when you're talking a lot about your breasts. Um, and I don't really take offense to that, but you might. At the end of the day, again, this is your deal. But I have really enjoyed myself. I have met some wonderful people. And I feel like I've been able to communicate for myself more openly and honestly about what I want. I think, yeah, I think it's been great. And I am excited that I feel more empowered and uh, you can too. So that's just a little, that's just my two cents. I don't know. Those are my tips. I don't want to make this episode crazy, crazy long, but yeah, it's just kind of like you and me. We're sitting, I haven't even had a single sip of this passion fruit LaCroix because I've just been babbling on. And that's what happens when you are hosting a podcast by yourself. <laughs> Maybe if I get a boyfriend, I will have them come on the podcast. I am dating somebody right now. I don't know. Oh, um, and he is nice. And he has been very sweet about all of it. And um, we'll see where it goes. I really don't know. But I think people are generally good. And my hope for you is that you don't let breast cancer take this away from you if you want connection. And guess what? You can take breaks. I often do when I'm, I'll go on a dating slew. I might meet somebody I connect with, um, see that out. If it doesn't work out, maybe go back into the field. And then there are just times when I'm like, I need, I need air. I need a break. And I take a break and then I go back in when it feels right. So trust your gut, but know that sometimes you're going to need to push outside your comfort zone. Talk to your friends, single friends, or maybe polyamorous friends, um, breast cancer survivors or not, we're all going through some of the same stuff. But yeah, it is always helpful to talk to somebody who really knows what you're experiencing 
Be open and honest. Be strong in your boundaries. Support yourself and feel as good as you can when you go out there so that um, your confidence doesn't hinge on somebody else and have fun. Use all the tools to your advantage. I hope that was helpful. Life is an adventure. You get to choose how you show up. So have fun. That's my philosophy. And write to me if you want to talk about this stuff. I don't know. I'll be your friend. (laughs) Um, And find me on social media. Instagram is where I am most active. And my handle there is at Junie B. Well. But I'm also on Facebook. facebook Facebook.com at Junie B. Well. All the links in the show notes. I'm on LinkedIn. Check me out on Insight Timer if you need a little boost of self-love. I've got a self-love affirmations meditation there. I've got um, a body appreciation meditation there. I've got anxiety relieving meditations there. I'll have the link in the show notes for that. Play my self-love dance party playlist when you are getting ready for your date. Ooh, that would be such a good idea. You can find that on my website under at Junie B. Well, I'm sorry, www.juniebwell.com forward slash freebies self-love dance party playlist. It's free. Um, Please, please, please do me a favor. Rate and review the podcast. I would so appreciate it. It really helps. I don't get paid for this. I am just doing it because I love you. And because I feel like we need to talk about this stuff. And I want you to know that you're not alone. So if you want to help me get more eyes on this podcast, you do that by rating subscribing and reviewing it and please be nice because <laughs> I'm doing my best I'm trying really hard here uh anyway love you love you love you I am taking one-on-one clients for my nutritional therapy practice and I would be honored to walk this path with you and as always I'm wishing you well <laughs>